There's a blessing to be found in living a generous life. Live a giving, big-hearted, open-handed, magnanimous, lavish life. Live as Jesus lived. Live generously. Hey church, welcome everybody to The Crossing, where we want everyone enjoying an everyday relationship with Jesus, amen? Amen. An everyday relationship with Him. Mm. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hey, a couple things. Next Saturday, we are hosting a tailgate party. Next Saturday afternoon, evening, uh, re- it's really all about connection and fellowship. I just want to encourage you to think about that, plan to be here, really for the connection of it. And uh, if you want to participate, uh, you can tell us that you're coming. Just text FALL, F-A-A, FALL party, fall, FALL tailgate party, to that number. And uh, it's a great way to communicate, uh, especially if you want to participate in the chili cook-off. And we'll tell you more about that later, but uh, that's coming up. Next Sunday, we're, ha- we're hosting another family fusion. It's a fifth Sunday of the month, which means uh, we're going to give all of our kiddo staff a break. All the kiddos are going to be in with us. Uh, so we'll have some fun interaction with the kiddos next week, family f- fusion. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we're hosting a men's summit. It's really about challenge and inspiration and connection with brothers. Um, uh, November the 18th, so plan on that. Some details are coming your way uh, that you can um, be, be involved in that. Love for you to schedule that onto your calendar, November 18th. Bless the Lord. I mean, several, t- uh, several occasions in Scripture, it commands us really to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I, I really appreciated the psalm uh, Chip read, just preparing our hearts to bless the Lord. Uh, in Psalm uh, 103, it's like eight, nine times just commanded, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. That last song, bless the Lord. Question. What's that look like? How do I bless the Lord? I mean, I know what it's like in, uh, when he blesses me. I know what that's like. And usually when he blesses me, he's adding to my life, right? Like more grace and more peace and more joy and more answered prayer and more resources and more provision. I know what that's like. He's adding to my life. But I can't add anything to his life. Like he's sufficient in and of himself. I can't add anything to him. So what does it mean to bless the Lord? So I tried to answer that question this week through the lens of being a dad. And so I asked the question, well, how do my kids bless me? Well, my kids bless me when they seek me. Whether they come see me or text me or call me or FaceTime me with a grandchild in their arms, that blesses me. Right? That blesses me. How do my kids bless me? I think my kids bless me when I see them trusting me. You know, maybe when I see them taking some of my advice and putting it into practice, indicating they trust me. Yeah, that blesses me. 
And when they obey me, that blesses me. Like when they were still at the home and I'd give them instructions and they'd get up immediately, go do it. <laughs> that blesses me, right? And you know what? I, I, I was thinking, you know what really blesses me is when they take the time to stop and thank me. Smile on their face, gratitude in their heart. Oh, that blesses me. You know what? The, fa the Heavenly Father is the same way. How do you bless the Lord? Well, same things. It, it blesses Him when we seek Him. In fact, Acts chapter 17, it says, uh, God did all this so that we may seek Him. Perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He's not far from any one of us. So when we seek Him, it blesses Him. And I tell you what, uh, when we trust Him, it blesses Him. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, you know this one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge Him. He'll make your path straight. I tell you what, when you trust Him, that, that blesses Him. And obedience blesses Him. Jesus said in John 14, 15, and then again in 15, 14. John 14, 15, He says, if you love me, Keep my commands. John 15, 14, you're my friends if you keep my commands. Obedience blesses him. And you know thanksgiving does too. Man, when you stop, give your attention to him just to thank him for his amazing generosity, you know that blesses him. So really, blessing the Lord is really not adding anything to his greatness. It's really you and I acknowledging his greatness. Amen? Bless the Lord. Today, as we continue our stewardship series for the year, and as we continue this series, Generous Living, I want to talk about something very specific that blesses the Lord. And we're going to approach, you know, wanting to seek Him and trust Him and obey Him and thank Him for His amazing generosity, as should always be our approach as followers of Jesus but a specific way to bless him. Did you hear about the, the uh, older couple? They were both in their 90s, and they just got out of the doctor's office. And the doctor had, you know, the, in the doctor visit, the doctor indicated to this couple that physical, on a physical level, they're fine. They're doing great, you know, for in their 90s. They're doing great. But... Because of their age, their memory is, you know, failing a little bit. So the doctor just encouraged them to, um, might just want to write things down. So one evening, um, the wife, uh, the husband, they were, they were watching the MLB playoff games, of course. And during, you know, after one of the innings, uh, the wife said to her husband, Hey, hon, will you give me a bowl of ice cream? And he was like, sure, that sounds delicious. I want some too. And he gets up and he starts heading to the kitchen. And she goes, don't you think you ought to write that down? He says, don't be ridiculous. A bowl of ice cream? Come on. She goes, well, I kind of like strawberries on that too. All right. And she said, don't you think you ought to write that down? Really? You want a bowl of ice cream with strawberries? I think I can remember that. Yeah, but I, I think I want a little whipped cream on that too. Don't you think I ought to write, you ought to write that down? Don't be ridiculous. I got you, girl. 
You want a bowl of ice cream with strawberries and a little whipped cream on top? I got it. Heads into the kitchen. 20 minutes later, he comes out of the kitchen. And he hands his wife a plate of bacon and eggs. (laughs) And she looks at that plate kind of befuddled. And she's like, honey, where's the toast? Maybe they should have wrote that down. I don't know. Now, in case you forgot, in case you forgot, in case some of you didn't write it down from last week, last week I shared with you about the 400 years of silence. Remember that? 400 years of silence, not a word from God. From Malachi to Matthew, 400 years of silence, not a word from God. And then... John the Baptist breaks the 400 years of silence with the message of repent, turn to the Lord, repent. And you'll remember the crowd responded, how? How do we do it? And you remember what John said? You remember? He said, start here. Share your stuff. I told you, you know, that blew my mind. 400 years of silence, 400 years, not a word from God. The first word from God, share your stuff. The first word from God is a conversation about their money. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that was last week. This week, we're going to go to the other side of that 400 years silence. And we're going to go back and we're going to look at the, the last word. God would issue his people before he would sit back and wait and watch in silence for 400 years. We're going to go there. Malachi chapter 3. Unless you're Italian, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Here's the word of the Lord I want you to encounter today. Starting with verse 6. In Italian. (laughs) Chip, would you do the honors? Verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. And you can count on that, right? Earmark that. I, the Lord, do not change. Verse 7, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Well, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? (laughs) Same thing. Repent. How? How? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing... There 
that there will not be room enough to store it. The word of the Lord. Really? The first word and the last word from God on the bookends of the 400 years of silence really is about a conversation about money? The Lord underscores the, the, the thing that needs to happen is repentance and the first conversation we need to have is about our money? What's up with that? What gives, right? What gives? Well, I need you to just be reminded today that how we think about money and how we handle our money is the biggest indicator of how you're really doing as a follower of Jesus. Jesus talked a lot about money. In fact, in, you look at the Gospels, his favorite, his most favorite topic to talk about was the kingdom of God, and a quick runner-up number two is he loved to talk about money, materialism, and stewardship. In fact, I'm pretty sure Jesus was the first preacher to ever be criticized. He's always talking about money. He's always talking about money. Pretty sure he was the first preacher to ever get that criticism. And he talked a lot about money. In fact, one-third of his parables deal with money or materialism or stewardship. Uh, one out of every six verses in the gospel is about, you know, related to money, materialism, or stewardship. He talked a lot about money. Because he knew the biggest competitor to the allegiance to God was money. You can't serve two gods. You can't serve both God and money. In fact... Jesus believed and knew you could actually tell what somebody treasures in their heart by following the money. In fact, Jesus said it this way, Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And so Jesus says, hey, if you really want to check someone's heart, if you really want to see how someone's heart is doing, follow the money. Ladies, suppose that you've been dating this guy for quite some time. And he's handsome. He's seemingly successful, and you've been dating a while, and finally he decides he's going to take you out on a really fancy date, and you're going to go to a really fancy restaurant, you know, fancy like Applebee's. <laughs> and during your time at the restaurant, he gets down on one knee, and he pulls out this plastic ring that he won at Funland. How do you respond? I mean, you look at the ring and you are a little more than <laughs> disappointed with how much that cost him. And he says to you, baby, oh, baby, don't worry about how much the ring costs. What matters is my heart. Uh, and by the way, let me add, 
you know. That fool just spent $2,000 on new rims for his truck. (laughs) And he just spent $2,500 on a ski trip with his buddies. And he just spent $15,000 on a new fishing boat. How do you respond? I'll tell you how you respond. I know how, ladies, I know how you're going to respond. You're going to tell that fool, get out of my face. I'm going to find a real man. Because you're not going to listen to his mouth. You're going to listen to the money. And Jesus said, hey, you want to really know about somebody's heart? Follow the money. Good, 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 good. Welcome to church, everybody. So back to our text. Back to our text. Malachi chapter 3. Let me just outline the passage for you. Can I? First of all, there's a crisis. Big crisis. Verse 7 says, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. He's calling them out. He's labeling their sin and he calls it what? Theft. You're stealing from me. He calls them out. There's a crisis. They are living in in disobedience. There's a strange relationship there. But then there's the confrontation. You heard the confrontation, uh, confrontation, right? Return to me. Just return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. So there's the confrontation. He calls it out. Yet at the same time, he's pleading with them to come back. confrontation then there's the command you heard the command right verse 10 verse 10 is the command verse 10 says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house test me in this says the lord almighty bring the whole tithe now um, the tithe in the old testament law the tithe was a 10 percent a literal 10%. And you need to know that it was really the first 10%, not the last 10 or the leftovers. Ooh, first 10. And I want you to know, though, it's really not about God telling you to give him 10 and you live off 90. Really, the tithe was a, um, a... It really was an intentional reminder that it's all his. It's all his anyway, and you're just you're just doing what he told you to do with it. That's why the Bible never tells us to give a tithe. It tells us to bring a tithe. Bible doesn't say give a tithe, it says bring a tithe. Big difference. Let me explain the difference. It's fall. Leaves are falling. And you're my neighbor. And you walk over to my yard and you're like, hey, Mark, 
I know that you have one of those big, powerful, red Max leaf blowers. Where did you get that? I think I want to get one of those so that I can clear off the leaves off my little yard. And I might respond, oh, man, oh, no, no, no. You don't need to go spend that much money on a big leaf blower just to do your little yard. How about this? What if you just borrow mine for the day? What if you borrow it and, um, yeah, just, just take mine? And you do. And you take my leaf blower. Three weeks later, you call me up and say, hey, Mark. Oh, man, we really appreciate you. You are such a good neighbor. I tell you what, my wife and I were talking last night, and uh, here's what we decided to do. Hey, can we come over? Can we come over and give you a leaf blower? What? Oh, no, oh, no, that's not how this works. You're not going to come and give me a leaf blower. You are going to bring me back my leaf blower. It's my leaf blower. Just because I let you borrow it, just because I entrusted you with it, doesn't mean I turned ownership over to you. No, you're going to bring back. I mean, if you want to go to heaven, you're going to bring back <laughs> my leaf blower. And so really the tithe is a reminder. It's, it's all his. And after the command... There was a conditional promise. A conditional promise. Um, here's what he says. Bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Test me. Wait a minute. Didn't Jesus say, do not put the Lord your God to the test? Yeah, he did. And usually, I wouldn't recommend it. But in this case, we're dealing with money. In this case, he says, test me. So test him. Please test him. In fact, the, the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, it's really emphatic. It's really emphatic. In fact, if you and I were to translate it, you and I would have put, I double dog dare you to try. So try. Test him. And you, you heard the promise, right? It's a conditional promise. The promise is if you test him in this, you do this, he will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing in your life, you won't even know what to do with it. T test him. But don't miss his compassion. I don't want you to miss his compassion. I don't want you to miss his heart. In this, listen, he is not an angry God who doesn't like you. He is a loving, generous Heavenly Father who wants to bless you like crazy. Friends, he wants to bless you like crazy. He wants to bless all of his kiddos like crazy. Can he? That's his compassion. That's his heart. Now listen, it comes down to this. Do you trust him on this? Do you trust him? 
Or are you just going to trust yourself with 100% or trust him with 10 and see what he does with your 90? But all I want you to know, he is a very generous God and he wants to bless his kiddos like crazy. Amen? Here's how I want to end this plane. (laughs) And you're like, hurry up, please. Here's how I want to end. I want to issue again, here at the crossing, we like to issue the 90-day challenge. The 90-day challenge. And I'd like to issue to you the 90-day challenge. Here's the 90-day challenge. If you are not presently practicing the principle of the tithe, I want to challenge you to try it for 90 days. Just try it for 90 days. So, you know, we're not going to count October. It's almost over. So, November, December, January. Really, Mark? You want me to take this challenge over the holidays? Really? That's what you're telling me. You want me to take this over the holidays? Well, there's no better time than the present to obey the Lord. (laughs) And there's no better time than to bless him. I, I'm just testing. Try it. And here's the deal. The leadership team of The Crossing has commissioned me that if you take him up on this, you t- try him in this, and you take the 90-day challenge, and after 90 days, you do not experience the floodgate blessing of God in your life, hey, make an appointment with the leadership team, explain your situation, and we will refund every penny back. You can't lose. Now, Little asterisk up in the corner. Better give in a way that we can actually track, know that what you gave, or I'm not buying your story. Preacher, last, last, these last three months we gave $100,000. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why would we do that? Why on earth would we do that? I'll tell you why. This is real. God is a real-time God. And he said, I, the Lord, do not change. He's a real-time God. He knows what's going on. He knows your heart. He knows what you're going to do. Please, 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 please do not leave here today hearing me say that God needs your money. He doesn't need a single thing from us. In fact, you need to know he doesn't, he doesn't want 10% of your money. He wants 100% of you. Right? And please, 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 please do not hear me say we need your money. We don't need your money. Now, we need money. (laughs) Ministry requires that we have money, right? We need money. But I tell you what, we don't need your stinking money. 
I mean, we don't need what you consider to be your money. <laughs> no. But please, 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 please hear me say. I don't want you living a cursed life. Because that's what happens when you steal. And please hear me say, I want you experiencing how generous our God is. I want you experiencing the floodgate blessing of God in your life. And if you just test him, these next three months are going to be amazing. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord. Amen? Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord, I, I know as well as you know that talking about money is a little risky and often ruffles some feathers the wrong way. But our heart's desire is to communicate loud and clear with our heart that you're Lord and that we trust you with everything we have and we know you are such a generous, generous God. We know that because of the cross. That you went there in our place to provide what we most need. The forgiveness of all of our sin and restore relationship with you. Lord, I ask today your blessing on the preaching of the word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.